Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hi, this is Lisa, and I have a returning guest. I'm back. It's Nick. It's me. It's you. Here Uh, I am. Yeah, we decided to do kind of a, I guess this is a Valentine's Day special. Yes, it's a uh, very romantic flick. Yes. Just for Valentine's Day. Exactly. I, I wanted to pick something that meant a lot to both of us. I wanted something that symbolizes our relationship and how much we love each other. So what movie did we pick today? Escape from New York. Yep. The only one that you need to see. Right. <laughs> I agree. Well, uh, guys, this has been on our list, I think, of movies we want to cover. And this is going to be kind of a fun episode. So Nick has some beer. I have some wine. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to get crazy or anything. Don't get crazy. There's no comical opening sound because I've already opened yeah, it. Yeah, we're not going to like do shots or anything but we are going to enjoy ourselves because we really like this movie i mean we truthfully unironically love it it's a good movie it's a good movie but i also feel that it is a fun movie and so i think we should be having fun while we discuss it so just kind of wanted to you know warn everyone warn everyone sorry if we say offensive thing no i'm kidding we're not gonna do that i'm gonna but, say real offensive <laughs> but things. um but you know i i just kind of wanted to set that expectation we haven't done one of these in a while so so yeah anyway so let's dive in and before i dive in i think i'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis unless you want to do you want to read the synopsis this time no okay it's well. your show okay i'll read it anyways in 1997, a major war between the U.S. and the Soviet Union is concluding, and the entire island of Manhattan has been converted into a giant maximum security prison. Great idea. When Air Force <laughs> One is hijacked and crashes into the island, the president, Donald Pleasance, what's his name? Maybe. Whatever. The actor is taken hostage by a group of inmates. Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell, obviously, a former special forces soldier turned criminal, is recruited to... (laughs) I got so far! Just continue, it's fine. He's recruited to... Go ahead. Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell, a former special forces soldier turned criminal is recruited to retrieve the president in exchange for his own freedom. A couple quick facts uh, after that synopsis. Kurt Russell has stated that this is his favorite film of all his films. Why wouldn't it be? And Snake Plissken is his favorite character. I was about to say that. Like, this Why is, wouldn't it be? Like, come on. Like, if they made a movie that was like, Lisa, you're a badass with an eye patch, and you save the goddamn president and pretty much 
everyone. Everyone. And all you do is run around with a big gun. I would be like, yeah. And white and blue camo pants. Yeah, I would be like, well, that's who I really am inside. <laughs> that's my, my spirit animal is Snake Plissken. Yes. Yeah, so, like, how could anyone not enjoy the hell out of that role? Um, yeah. Uh, also, the model set of the city was repainted and reused for Blade Runner. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. They they did have uh, all those miniatures. Yes. Um, also, the shot where the helicopter flies over Central Park was actually filmed in San Fernando, California, and the buildings in the background were met paintings by none other than James Cameron. Whoa, oh. kind of cool. Um, also, the line, I thought you were dead, was probably borrowed from Big Jake, 1971. Every time John Wayne tells someone his name, the standard response is, I thought you were dead, which would mean parts of this film were inspired by two legendary Western stars or their films, John Wayne and Clint Eastwood, the latter on whom Kurt Russell actually based his performance. I think uh, I also read, I don't have it written here, but that John Carpenter actually wanted uh, to use... uh, didn't you say Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, didn't want to do it. And anyways, he ended up going with Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell kind of channels him the whole movie. I definitely get that that vibe. Yeah, I can see that. With a little spin of Kurt Russell, though. You can't really deny his <laughs> Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell and all his uh, constant one-liners. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Jordan Carpenter really quick. Um, you know, this director did They Live, The Thing. I love The Thing so much. The The probably the best remake of any movie yeah i think it really it still holds up we saw it what a couple months ago in theaters Mm -hmm. and it holds up it it could easily be a a modern movie right um also big trouble in little china has its problems but it's very fun i wrote the thing down twice i just like it that much you like it that much (laughs) the thing did you guys did you guys know he directed the thing um also christine and halloween yeah, so, for yeah. some reason I forgot those, but... Well, he did it. Um, he's also known for creating the scores, right, on a lot of movies, including this one. Or he at least helps create yeah, them, Yeah, I think right? he, like, teams up with the composer or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. So do you think, is this your favorite movie of his? Long pause for a dramatic effect. I think it probably is... There's a, on the list, the, probably this one and The Thing are my favorite Carpenter films, um, which are very different, but no, I wouldn't say they're similar at all. I think they're they're so different. Yeah. I would say The Thing is like a serious, good movie. Yeah. Like, I, it's I, legit good. Yeah, I love that movie, and I do like it a little bit more than this, but it's kind of unfair to compare them, like you're saying, because they're so different. Um, but, but yeah, I like the thing a little bit more. I would put this in second. Yeah. I would, I would say it's the thing. This um, one's more fun. Right. Escape from New York, and then maybe, like, Big Trouble in Little China. That's even goofier and funner. Yeah. So, um, oh, I, I skipped a question. Uh, when was the first time you saw this movie? That's one of your main questions you usually ask, and I thought of it, and I can't remember when I first saw it. I know I was still pretty young, because I know I saw it probably on TV or something. You think you were a child or like a teenager? I think I was a kid. I don't think I was a, ch- a teenager, because I remember watching this several times like in junior high and high school. 
so I'm pretty sure I've seen it before then. Okay. Well, I don't think I saw this before I was an adult. I think I maybe saw it with you for the first time. I might have even seen Escape from L.A. first. Yeah, I feel like, I mean... And I feel like, as a kid, that was fun, but then when you see this, also, you're like, oh, that was clearly way better. Yeah. I think that uh, that I've seen these movies before, but I didn't know what they were called, and they were just like on the background, you know, on the old Action Channel, yeah, or something like that. So I wasn't really paying attention. Um, it was but... a weird thing between this one and Escape from L.A. Isn't it like almost fifteen year difference? And Escape from L.A. Right. looks the exact same, if not worse. Well, I'm yeah, <laughs> except that I will say uh, that. That Kurt Russell looks freaking awesome in the second one. 1996. Yeah. So, so from 1981 to... So you're 15 holy. years. Yeah. And he looks great. I mean, he's in great shape. He looks awesome. It's pretty amazing that he it's, looks that it's good hard 15 to tell. years later. That's why it's such a weird fact that there's a 15-year difference. Yeah. If you like grew up between. when we did as, as children, it's not that obvious to you. Yeah. Because by the time we saw these movies, I mean, we probably saw both of them in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, uh, kudos there. Everything else in that movie, I don't know if I can give I a think lot of praise obviously to. Obviously, Kurt Russell and uh, Steve Buscemi were the only real good parts in Escape from L.A. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, he drove that. Uh, I think it was a red, like Cadillac convertible or something. He was essentially the cabbie character. Yeah, I think when it comes to this genre, like post-apocalyptic type stories, you really, I have to credit you as the person that kind of helped me segue into that genre i think i was uncomfortable with it i've never really gravitated towards it it was there's a lot of not good ones out yeah, there but then I, there's some really good ones and i always felt like there was just like this big push like oh we're just gonna do a movie in this time period especially when we were growing up Very and i was industrial. like yeah and i was always like that doesn't automatically make a good movie though so i kind of avoided a lot of things that i now really like so that's a that's a little lesson for you guys out there that I take to heart actually is that you need to be open minded when it comes to this stuff because you could miss out on some pretty awesome movies like this one. So yeah, dummies. Yeah, I'm a dum dum. Okay, so you heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, so okay, um, we talked a little bit about John Carpenter. Uh, you know, I, I'm so happy that now I feel like this next generation after us is starting to really fall in love with him as well because of things like stranger things yeah that obviously their intro calls back to him and if you come if you go back and watch some of these movies especially like the thing um, oh yeah the thing definitely like even just the uh, the way it starts i feel like the movie is almost like the movie itself isn't slow but it definitely crawls mm-hmm. but it kind of like it's like a scary movie. It crawls, but then sometimes it's a lot faster in some parts. And just visually, I think, too. I mean, you can tell that a lot of his influence is in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. It's like very... the way things look, the, the tone of certain things. Yeah, yeah, obviously the intro music. Yeah. So, so yeah, kids, I mean, if you like this stuff, if you like Stranger Things, I really encourage you to go back and watch some of these classics that Watch the source material. It. Yeah. So, you know, you need to see a lot of John Carpenter, Steven Spielberg, and Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Do it. We told you to. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's really all I have. Also, we talked about John Carpenter actually last week in our episode about Rio Bravo because that's one of his favorite films. 
Um, he's a big fan of Hawk's work, and um, I posted a long interview in the group. Maybe I'll repost that again, but where he's kind of talking about those movies. He never did a Western, but Westerns were his favorite. Seems like out of all the Westerns, that Rio Bravo was very popular among directors. Yeah, yeah. It really, it was good, really though. was. Yeah, I, I know. It. I really liked it. Okay, so... Do we need to talk about Kurt Russell? Oh, yeah, let's talk about Kurt Russell a little bit. Okay. I feel like he's, like, the guy of the 80s. Like, if you think of, like, an action movie, he's was probably in it back in the day. And he's still doing stuff. He does a lot of stuff still. I mean, I feel like he's kind of having a revival of his career. But, yeah, I mean, you think of this movie and, obviously, Big Trouble in Little China um tombstone yes tombstone he was i good. love tombstone guys that's on my list of movies we have to do i love tombstone so much but anyway um i don't know he was just i feel like he's one of the last action stars i mean he's kind of like bruce willis you know what i mean just kind of like a tough guy i would say he's like given his uh, his like uh his time oh yeah he's in stargate I mean, he's, like you said, he's kind of coming back, but I feel like he was kind of like a Bruce Willis action guy meets, like, the 70s and 80s Burt Reynolds Yeah, type. definitely. Like, man, like, not really suave, but, like, manly suave. But he's yeah. kind of like that. Because I don't see Burt Reynolds doing anything as action-y. Oh, backdraft. A... We forgot about backdraft. Oh, backdraft. <laughs> Wasn't, anyway. that, that, wasn't that like a backdraft experience at Universal Studios or something? Yes. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's uh, he's kind of an in-between type guy. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely like, I don't know that they really cast guys like him now. Like, I, I feel like he really heavily represents the 80s and 90s, like, version of what masculinity is, right? Yeah, and in those types of on purpose a minus b action movies and he and he's definitely like a cult classic hero you know we, oh, we yeah. said already escape from new york big, big trouble in little china stargate also escape from la um oh it looks like he was considered for lethal weapon but it went to mel gibson i, I could have seen kurt russell I could totally see that um yeah you know recently he was in guardians of the galaxy and yeah it's ego yeah um, and what else something else too right uh hateful eight. Oh, that's right so yeah and quite a few things um death, another tarantino death proof a mm -hmm. stuntman mike yep i feel like that's what kind of brought him back because i was I back in like so. 2000 2012 or 2011 something like that 2007 oh wow that's <laughs> a while ago <laughs> wow 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 wowie wow wow um well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the plot next. Gladly. Because this plot is amazing. I could just read this plot to you guys, and you would just enjoy that, I think. But um, As a radio show. My Yeah, my favorite part is during like the opening when they do like the scrolling credits explaining to you the world and how everything's that going. That bitch and music? Yep, that's awesome. <laughs> and then also it says, in 1998, following a 400% increase in crime. 400%. All of a sudden, overnight. Yeah, I was like, what? And so... As we said during the uh, um, during the synopsis portion, um, Manhattan is now a giant maximum security prison. That's a great idea. And there's a wall. Walls work, Nick. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, so That's why I said, just leave the president there. Yeah, why don't we put him in there? But he does go in there. So like, after they establish that this prison, you can't leave. You can only get in. You don't get out, kind of thing. Um, and oh, by the way, this is said in 1997. The future, guys. Uh, the future of 1997. Um, so uh, the president is traveling to a peace summit in between the United States, China, and Russia. So he's trying to end the Cold War, right? That's pretty. Well, I, I think it's like a weird whatever universe this is version because they say it's winding down so they must be this talk is what's going to end it i'm guessing Mm -hmm. but unfortunately air force one is hijacked by a domestic terrorist posing as these as the stewardess and the president is given a bracelet and his briefcase containing an audio tape describing the secret to using nuclear fusion power for power generation uh, which is handcuffed to his wrist. No. Okay. <laughs> Good thing it's on a cassette tape. Yeah, uh, he has it on a very secure cassette tape. <laughs> uh, it he, comes with its own pencil. He makes it to an escape pod, which I'll admit, like when we rewatch this, when he's going to the pod, I'm like, what's happening? That's just going to shake him up into like egg goop. <laughs> that was really strange. I don't think that pod I don't think there's an him. escape pod on the on Air Force One, but I guess in Not that we know of. 1997 future of 1981 there is uh and it lands in manhattan just before air force one crashes and kills everyone else but the person in the pod Mm -hmm. the pod person yeah so uh any thoughts on that on that opening scene it's pretty intense it is um like i said along with the that bitch and music they're playing like super synth uh out of control music um yeah you kind of they just throw you in here and I think simultaneously they're showing like the 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 administration to the prison or whatever. Oh yeah. And like you're slowly getting glimpses of Snake being trucked in on his like prison bus along with other people. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Our hero is being trucked in. Yep. Um so after this happens, the police are dispatched to rescue the president, but Romero, the right-hand man of the Duke of New York, do we want to talk about the Duke of New York? I guess the the top crime boss in the prison that is Manhattan, right? That seems like what would happen if you make an entire city. Yeah, I guess he's uh, like their mayor, but he's the Duke. Yeah, because they don't really lock anyone up. They just put you in there. And like, yeah, which I think is a bad plan. You but... either, I guess, die or have allegiance to the Duke. Yeah. So he warns him the Duke has taken the president hostage and that he would be killed if any further rescue attempts are mounted. But Commissioner Bob Hawk offers a deal to Snake Plissken, a former Special Sources soldier convicted of attempting to rob the Federal Reserve in Denver. Do they show that? or just No, because the first time you see Snake, it's like that he's getting off that bus in the, the prison where they are checking him in pretty much and we're supposed to get like the impression he was framed right or do they explain that later in the movie or i don't think they do oh if snake rescues the president and retrieves the cassette tape this important secure cassette tape uh hawk will arrange a presidential pardon to ensure his compliance hawk has pliskin injected with micro explosives that will rupture in snake's cardioid arteries within 22 hours because this movie isn't intense enough it's a suicide squad <laughs> yeah uh, uh if snake returns of one. of one yeah you only need one if it's snake uh if snake returns with the president and the tape in time hawk will have the explosives neutralized i'm kind of like that 22 hour time limit is really arbitrary yeah what if they give him like a day <laughs> yeah of like you only have 22 why can't have two more day 
two more yeah, hours. Yeah, 48, 72 hours. I think 22 hours is too short. Yeah. Personally. I think. It's the president. <laughs> a full day, give him two more hours, or at least make it two days. Right. Because first, he's, he has to find them and then fight off it the bad guys. It takes a while. This, this could have been a really boring movie, him just looking for yeah. them. This would make a really good next season of 24, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just do call it 22 and like 22. Save, uh, save two episodes of, of runtime. Yep. Uh, so Snake is sent to Manhattan in a stealth glider. Which is looks like a regular glider. <laughs> Landing atop the World Trade Center. Whoa. He tracks the president's life monitor bracelet to Vaudeville Theater, only to find it on the wrist of an insane old man. I thought that part was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he meets Cabby, who tells Snake that his armored taxi cab, uh, or takes Snake, I'm sorry, to his armored taxi cab to Harold Brain, Hellman, an advisor to the Duke and a former associate of Snake's. I think the best thing about this, as Snake is like making his way through the city, everyone knows him. Yeah, all the prisoners. Yeah, they're like, oh, <laughs> hey, how you doing, Snake? Like, I think that might almost be a quote of, like, Cabby's first words to him. Yeah. I thought you were dead. Like, everyone knows him. Right. And Brayden tells Snake that the Duke plans to unify the gangs in a mass exodus across the heavily guarded Queensboro Bridge. And we should also add that Brain also starred in The Thing with Kurt Russell. Oh, that's right. He was, I can't remember all their names because it's a very large entourage of characters in that movie well but... let's look look at it escape from new york and see what his name is i know he's in like everything back in the day yeah i always think I... he's the guy from mash but it's not <laughs> are you alan alda is that what you mean no um oh clinger clinger yeah okay, yeah harry dean stanton yeah he was in everything alien too Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in everything back then. Yeah, I was going to say he died last year. Net 91, wow. Not bad. Good run. Good run. Uh, So, uh, okay. Let me find my place again. So we, he just got to, Cabby took him to Brain and Maggie, right? Right. And uh, they're going to have that mass exodus across Queensboro Bridge using the president as a human shield. Great plan. And a map Brain created to avoid the landmines, which later doesn't work very well. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that works. <laughs> Snake forces Brain and his girlfriend, Maggie, to lead him to the Duke's compound at Grand Central Terminal. He finds a president, but is captured by Duke's men. Shot in the leg. With yep. An arrow. I always forget which that Which is that there for like happen. 30 minutes. Yeah, he's like, ah! <laughs> he's just hobbling the rest of the movie. Yep. But that doesn't stop him. It doesn't hold uh -huh. him back. No. Uh... So then Snake is forced into a death match with Slag, a prisoner. I always, like, whenever this part of the movie comes up, I'm like, I always forget how we get here. No, <laughs> it's... I feel like things happen so fast. Is Slag the actor that is, like, the emperor from uh, Flash Gordon? No. No? Okay. He looks a lot like him. He does. Oh, well. Don't oh, well, He went anyways. in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, he fights Slag, which I... You know, that's a pretty unfair fight. Well, he, um, I think he gets to find, he, like, hits him with the, that bat with nails in it, in mm -hmm. the back of the head. Yeah. Um, 
So Brain and Maggie also kill Romero in the meantime and flee with the president. The Duke learns of Brain's treachery and rallies his gang to chase them. Snake, Brain, and Maggie and the president race to the World Trade Center and attempt to use Snake's glider to escape Manhattan. After a group of crazies destroy it, the group returns to the street and encounters Cabby, who offers them to take them across a bridge. But then Cabby reveals, <clears throat> then Cab when Cabby reveals he has the secret tape, having traded to Romero for his hat earlier, the president demands it, but Snake keeps it. Yep. <laughs> this is mine. Yep. All right, so then the Duke pursues the group onto the bridge, setting off mines as he tries to catch up. With Brain navigating through the minefield, Snake manages to avoid most of the explosives, but the cab hits a mine, and it's blown in half, killing Cabby. Oh, Sad. No. Uh, as the group flees on foot, Brain is killed. When he steps on another mine, Maggie refuses to leave him, stands in the middle of the road, shooting at the Duke's car until he runs her down, killing her. Snake and the President reach the perimeter wall, and the guards raise the President on a rope. The Duke opens fire on the wall, killing the guards and forcing Snake to dive for cover. But the president shoots Duke dead, and Snake is lifted to safety, and the microexplosives in his neck are neutralized. With, like, seconds to go. Yeah. Very intense. And then as the president prepares for a televised speech to the leaders at the summit meeting, he thanks Snake for saving him. But Snake asks him how he feels about how the people who died saving him, and the president only offers a half-hearted regret. As Snake walks away in disgust, Hawk offers a job to Snake, which he refuses. The president's speech commences, and he offers the contents of the cassette. To his embarrassment, the tape is Cabby's cassette of the swing song Bandstand Boogie. As Snake walks away, he intentionally tears the magnetic tape out of the cassette reel with the actual message that was intended to be delivered to the president. Where it will be seen blowing in the wind on the highway. A sight you never see anymore. No. But do you want to go back and kind of just break down a couple of these scenes real quick? Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I like uh, Snake's comical weapon. Yeah. Which is essentially like an Uzi or Mac-10 or whatever it is with a giant barrel on it and a scope. I don't see how that would work. <laughs> but he managed I didn't even notice that. to mose that's down how much I know about guns. a bunch of bad guys. Yes, that's all that's important, really. Um, I will say in this movie... Uh, He's quite a bit smaller than I was telling you that last night uh, when we watched it. Yeah, he's not like ago. super swole. Yeah, like. But he's in shape. He's in shape, but he's much smaller. I feel like now he would have to be like the Rock in order for us to, quote unquote, believe that he could do that. Yeah, because I'm sure Dwayne Johnson would be able to do all this in real life. <laughs> it's very realistic. I mean, but um, but yeah. Uh, I think one funny thing is like I guess. It's full of the prisoners, but the people that aren't immediately in the Duke's gang are almost like zombies. <laughs> yeah, like they, they don't just really swarm everything. That. They they come bursting through doors and underground and stuff, and they're everywhere. I was relieved that there's only really one scene. I was like, well, where does this leave like the girl prisoners? Which I don't think is very fair. I was like, oh, great. They're all going to be assaulted like they are in all apocalyptic movies. Spoiler alert. That's why women usually don't like this genre. Because they're like, this is the future. Men have guns. They're tough. Women, they're raped and killed. And you're like, oh, that's not exciting for me to watch. Um, that's upsetting. But they only show one scene like that. so Yeah, and then Maggie's kind of a badass. True. 
Kind of. Well, she's a badass. She lasts the whole movie. Yep. Yeah, she only gets mowed down the end. It's kind of heroic, I guess. Um, what's the name of the girl that he likes and then she falls in that weird people hole? No idea. <laughs> okay, don't say her name. Well, I feel I think... like she's the woman that you see possibly getting raped that he kind of ignores and then later she shows up again and he's like, I love you now. And I'm like, you just met her. And then she falls in the hole. Yeah, that's like when the people are like busting out of the floor for some reason. <laughs> I like how I asked you. I was like, what does this part mean? What's happening? And you're like, I don't know. Well, no, they're just, they, <laughs> it's they're New York. It's Manhattan in floor this people. time period. Yeah. They live in the floors. <laughs> they burst out. I didn't understand that part. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's almost like if you're not in the gang, you're essentially a zombie. Yeah. What do you think about, okay, watching this again, I felt that... It, it felt very small scale. Like, it's we're supposed to think this is, like, all of New York. But, but... it literally could have taken place over, like, <laughs> one or two blocks. Yeah. Did you feel that way? I guess it's all of Manhattan, right? Yeah, I guess maybe yeah. everything's supposed to... Well, it all it's all run down and real shitty looking, so maybe everything looks like that. I think it would have greater impact if I lived in New York, though, because some of these, like... I mean, obviously, I recognize the Statue of Liberty, but there's some monuments I don't really... Like, I don't see them and automatically know what they are you know? like the train yard or whatever mm-hmm. or <clears throat> yeah I'm, i've heard the name i just don't really know the scale of it like yeah. what to think about how big his um headquarters are or whatever yeah i mean um i guess just the fact that it's an island kind of that's true well In dread it was the entire eastern seaboard yeah i mean i think it if nothing prison, else though. this movie has you know, had a really big influence on future films. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's... I mean, it wasn't Mad Max, like, the first major apocalyptic film, post-apocalyptic, but I feel like it definitely um, <clears throat> it was only two led years the after. way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, Mad Max really pioneered the post-apocalyptic genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of the Mad Max, the Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors. I feel like this would be more like an in-between mm-hmm. like the the fact that the warriors is like like we've said before it's almost like a video game you have to go get to each part but you have to fight the different gang to progress i think the biggest thing that i love about this movie though is all of kurt russell's one-liners oh yeah and like he's always you can't see me but he's got like one lip one side of his lip curled up being angry <laughs> at someone or like pissed off for some reason let's look up uh quotes from this movie we can do both voices we can like you want to do that yeah okay <laughs> you want to do this <laughs> oh yeah that one's good all right let's act out some movie quotes now okay ready? this, this okay. will be fun I'll you be should Bob do this Hawk, in, you, and should you should be can... this in uh, later episode yeah you can be snake plissken you ready i'm covering my eye to be my eye patch okay ready yeah you gonna kill me snake not now i'm too tired maybe later Okay, let's do another. And one. another thing, Snake is totally—he he was a—he uh, denied it for a long time, but uh, he's finally been confirmed that this is the reason uh, Snake from the Metal Gear games is Snake. Oh yes, uh, aside, Nick has cosplayed Snake from Metal Gear, and I was Three, Ava from uh, Metal, Gear, Metal 3. Gear Solid Three Snake uh-huh. Eater. 
And um, we'll post some pictures of that. But that's why Nick Which, already had that eye patch. <laughs> it's essentially Snape. He's an it's, eye patch. He has a mullet. Well, he tried to say that he modeled him after Mel Gibson. And I was like, bro, it's Kurt Russell. It's Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this one. <laughs> Let me see what's this one. Like... <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I feel like uh, I can't knock it, but to quote Deadpool, now that's just lazy writing. <laughs> it is. Okay, ready? I'll be Bob Hawk again. You be Snake. Okay. okay. Remember, once you're on the inside, you're on your own. Oh, you mean I can't count on you? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is epic if we do all of this. Do you want to? Let me. Yeah, let me. Let me move. Okay. So I can, we gotta like, get like... into character. For this one. <clears throat> you go in, find the president, bring him out in twenty-four hours, and you're a free man. Twenty-four hours, huh? I'm making you an offer. Bullshit. Straight, just like I said. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Get a new president. We're still at war, Pliskin. We need him alive. I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. Is that your answer? I'm thinking about it. Think hard. Why me? You flew the gold fire over Leningrad. You know how to get in quiet. You're all I got. I guess I go in one way or the other. Doesn't mean shit to me, alright? I'll do it. Give me the pardon paper. When you come out. Before. I told you! I wasn't a fool, Pliskin! Call me Snake. <laughs> and scene. Scene. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was amazing. Mm. And the, the award goes to... The listeners. <laughs> for, for putting up with that. Uh, thanks for letting us live our dreams, guys. That was good. That was good. I think I think we're good here. Yeah, there's a lot more, but <laughs> we'll save those for, for later episodes. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and listen to that, though. Well, uh, we can go with our closing statement. Uh, what keeps you coming back to this movie? Why do you think you've seen it so many times? Because it's Escape from L.A. I mean, <laughs> because it's Escape from New York. <laughs> and I feel like it's, it's not necessarily my favorite favorite all-time movie but it's my favorite type of character in my favorite type of movie i can see that it's just fun yeah i think it's like pure 80s action i mean this movie robocop you know films like that it's just it captures a moment in time and i love when they try to predict the future and it's so off base i think i love that and i feel like they're like okay just put stack crush cars on top of each other and set everything on fire <laughs> yeah, that'll that's be the future. future i kind of feel like that could be now though mm-hmm. um but yeah so so that's why i like it and kurt russell i just it's just fun yeah it's just great um so how do you pitch this movie to like a new viewer i just i grab them by the shoulders <laughs> and give them several good stern shakes <laughs> okay and i i quote the movie like we just did a moment ago no i um i pretty much say if you want to see like what the 80s had to offer in terms of like action flicks yeah that don't take themselves too seriously that are just fun to watch and like just truly entertaining from start to finish i think give I this agree one with a, you, yeah check this one out 
I, you know, when you think of like some of the movies in the eighties and nineties, like *Lethal Weapon*, this movie, I think it's some, fun to watch. I feel like some of them would try too hard, or they would like take themselves too serious mm-hmm. and not really be worth that. But this one is like it doesn't take itself seriously, and it's like just really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter is a great director, and oh, it's yeah, a he great could make movie, amazing movies. But this is like fun. This one's, you know, yeah, good, but really fun to watch. You don't have to, like, analyze anything. You just watch it, like, have a beer or something and have fun and laugh the whole time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Nick, for coming back on. It's been a while. Thanks for having me on with such a fun movie to talk about. Yes. And we can do some more in the future. But, uh, yeah, I, I could have picked a romantic comedy, except I hate those, so. I got a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. Um and uh hope to have you back soon all right sure bye hey guys thanks so much for listening uh this was a fun episode to record um i've got a few movies like this that i would love to sort of i don't know dive into and discuss and just have fun with and maybe do those quotes again um i don't know let me know how you guys felt about that (laughs) but some of the movies i would like to cover would be like the rock face off like uh air force one Conair, you know just movies that are like good but also just fun so um let me know what you guys think about that and if you have feedback on this episode or any others please feel free to reach out to me on twitter under aya lisa cosplay i'm also on instagram under aya and as a nancy ami lisa we've also got a closed facebook group called i love that movie it is a closed group but if you send a request i'll add you it's just a safe space to discuss movies um i also just created a facebook page and i will try really hard to stay up to date on that but um that's another option in case you don't want to join the group Uh, Anyway, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. And if you leave a positive review on iTunes, you'll be entered to win a $20 gift card to movie theater chain of your choice. Right now we're at 18 reviews. So uh, when I get to 30, I'm going to draw a name and yeah, it's free money. You should do it. You should go leave a positive review if you think that that this is good stuff. Uh, Thanks so much again and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye.